0: This podcast is protected under the laws of the United States and other countries. Unauthorized duplication, distribution, or exhibition may result in civil liability, criminal prosecution, and the wrath of the tall man. <laughs> Boy. I'm kind of miffed at myself for failing to recall the dog murder in Terminator 2 Judgment Day, the extended cut, last week.
1: Little hand says it's time to rock and roll
0: bring the noise. And thanks for returning to 90 for Chill the podcast. This is your host Cool Movies Darth is the handle that I'm forever going to try to get over. You can find me on Letterboxd the username member name you're looking for is CM Darth. I think that gentleman under the last name Brooks can share that. But in the event that it won't happen, just call me Russ. Russ Stevens is the last, is the full name. And this week, I am keeping up a theme of October being the spooky season. So we're going with horror movies and spooky movies. Uh, Next week, we're going to give you The Nightmare Before Christmas with Allie from Allie's Accessory Shop on Etsy's. The last who's responsible for the trash feature reviews. And I'm sorry I couldn't get one in this week because I was able to tape two podcasts, meaning, you know, having to watch two movies, binge them real quick. And then I took advantage of a red box, uh, coupon code for a free movie. I say took advantage, but let's just say 2020s HP Lovecraft's The Deep Ones. You just can't do Lovecraft without gore. So that's a nice way of putting it. It's a rather an offensive flick just ends up being paced fast enough that like, okay, it's almost over. I'm going to make it. I'm going to make it. There's going to be something worthwhile and bollocks. So it's the same premise based off the same, uh, story that Dagon, the Stuart Gordon movie is just go and watch Dagon. I'm sure you can find it on Tubi or Amazon prime, uh, could be on Shudder, which is something I found out from my guest for this feature, Gregory Carl, and I was able to get him to look up the movie Stage Fright, or Stage Fright Aquarius from 1987. He originally asked uh, to do Repo the Genetic Opera, but I have I guess I have in mind for that one. We're still communicating, so no podcast feuds there and hopefully once everything settled down in her life we can bring her back on the show that would be Jessica quaz no pressure Jess okay but so stage frights the film we're gonna talk about now I'm gonna have to just be up front we have a lot of sound issues with this one so there's gonna be bits where I try to reduce the sound off of Gregory's side of the conversation he's got his uh He's got a kid helping him out with the technology side. I mean, I would, I really appreciate that uh, young man's effort because he definitely doesn't sound old enough to... I mean, he has a grasp on what I may have had at 14, so kudos to him. Uh, Stage Fright is a not a horror musical, but it's about a musical who's doing a rehearsal, last-minute changes... After one of their crew members gets murdered, they decide to rewrite this play so that the murderer is the murderer, if you know what I mean. It's a guy who walks around in an owl mask regardless, and soon they get themselves locked in. So my effort here is hopefully to get you interested into seeing this film. As I say, it's on Tubi right now. Uh, I believe I originally saw it on Amazon Prime, and it's on Shutter, and that's something I still got to get a hold of. I told uh, Gregory that I would do that after the podcast, so hey, to-do list. So otherwise, at the end, the his side of the audio is completely gone, so there's going to be 30 minutes of me reacting to him. I think I tell a good enough narrative to make this work, but... I think we can sell you on the flick with what we talk about in the first half hour so. Fingers crossed if that works. If you don't like it, go to at CatBusRuss on Twitter to give me your negative uh, feedback. Otherwise, just give me those five-star reviews if you like the podcast. Subscribe, of course. And if anybody can help me out right now, I'm trying to find some free license horror music uh premium beats actually i just couldn't find anything i'd like even at the 50 dollar level so hey if you got any suggestions you know what send them to arrestthebus07 at gmail.com that's r-u-s-s-t-h-e-b-u-s-0-7 at gmail.com and that would be greatly appreciated. And you can use the same email address or you can use my Twitter handle and direct message me. That's at CatBusRuss, at C-A-T-B-U-S-R-U-S-S. And if you want to be on the podcast, I still have at least one slot open for October. If you want to, So if you want to talk about horror, that is your time or spooky movies, as I said. Just uh, make sure the movies are under... 100 minutes, and I think we can come up with some podcast gold. So, uh, without any further ado, I almost had a Kenny Omega moment there. Uh, I hope uh, you enjoy the show, what we have. Uh, again, uh, we'll also talk about features like Heat Seeker from Albert Reap uh, Reaper the Genetic Opera, we do try to put over a little bit. The Lost Boys gets into this conversation. It's just a good time for saxophones and horror music. So thanks for coming back to 90 for Chill the Podcast and enjoy.
1: Mind, One kill her, kill her!
0: Just a few other thoughts about the idea of killing dogs in movies. Would we have taken Tom Hanks seriously? Or would we be ready for a serious Tom Hanks if Hooch didn't bite the dust? And then, you know, it's a premise so nice, they made Burt Reynolds do it twice in All Dogs Go to Heaven. And then one of my favorite directors, Neil Marshall... First act of his first feature, Dog Soldiers, Liam Cunningham, shoots a dog. So it's just a good plot device. Hello there. All right. So welcome. I got it, robot lady. Yeah. Well, (laughs) I don't know. That that came in like two, three months into the podcast that they started announcing that uh, Zoom is recording the meeting so but uh this is 90 for chill the podcast uh we're trying to do a horror themed october and uh with me is a frequent guest by this point i guess you could say uh one gregory carl uh i know he's a van damme expert uh we had good vibes about uh james Gunn's super primarily and i uh you actually asked uh, about doing uh repo the Genetic Opera if i'm
1: uh
0: just so, so you know if you wanna give some thoughts about that one real quick that uh, that's more than fine
1: no it's uh it's just something that it's a movie that constantly just keeps coming up a few times every year. I watched it a few times with my ex wife. It's just I'm not usually one for musicals. But you know what? Repo is just it's so odd that you just you can't take your eyes off of it. Oh yeah. I, it, 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 I dig the characters. Mm-hmm. I like the, the whole addiction to like plastic surgery. Yes. I I love watching Paris Hilton's face fall off. There's there's just so many just odd cool things in that movie you just get whether you like musicals or not you can't take your eyes off of it
0: no i can definitely agree with that uh this is definitely more in the vein of uh tommy uh directed by ken russell um if you want a real weird ken russell movie since i made you go and uh look for the movie we'll be discussing um it's called there's one called the uh lair of the white worm uh from the director of tommy it's not a musical but it's uh hugh grant uh peter capaldi best known as the 12th doctor from doctor who now um versus a snake vampire lady so uh very british oh, yeah. very british uh a lot of weird nudity it's uh yeah, I highly recommend that one. That one's actually in my iTunes library, so
1: I I've, I've heard of that movie off and on throughout my life. I just I've never had the opportunity to watch it, I'll have to check it out.
0: Yeah, I've I really only heard about it and I think it was uh Tubi that pretty much just like, well, shoot. It's in my uh I still have a Netflix DVD queue. That's all I pay for when it comes to Netflix, Netflix is uh 4.99 a month i don't know i'm grandfathered in so i don't i can't say you can get that deal but it's two discs a month um
1: oh they still do the yeah they,
0: they still do the dvds i mean there's just some movies you're not going to be able to find on streaming it's a real oh, sure. weird well yeah it's a real weird world um i mean there's some v movies that were on vhs that I've caught on streaming uh one that I keep trying to track down is called Hate Seeker um directed by Albert Pune who's probably best known for Cyborg um with the actors like Gary Daniels the underappreciated British martial artist um I saw that on Netflix and then I try searching for a DVD copy and no can't find it um, I mean, it's kind of interesting that we're at a point where we can go and say, you know what? No, that movie's not going to uh, stick around with us anymore. Uh, it's no, just-
1: I have heard of that movie before. I just uh, I've never heard anybody else mention it. I think I I think I maybe rented it once when I was a kid from uh, my local video store in Mason City, like way back on VHS.
0: Oh yeah, years no years ago. Oh, I've i I've saw the majority of it say on stars. So I imagine it's still probably in the cable uh loop somewhere. But you know, who has cable anymore, honestly?
1: <laughs> oh yeah, I just had this fight with a buddy of mine not long ago. And it's like, well, Why don't you bring up the game? It should just be on basic cable. I'm like, well, I don't have basic cable, so well I don't know what to tell you.
0: Yeah, I, I don't know uh what service is out in Mason City, so <laughs> uh Well I think, I'm
1: in Lincoln now, but I mean oh. still either way. I mean well, why would you even need cable at this point? Like if you're not like a hardcore sports fan, there's no real reason to have oh
0: oh no i the internet. Yeah, I no uh totally agree with you on that. So, uh, my parents uh still have direct T V uh but that is primarily because my dad's from buffalo and my family um so my grandfather may you rest in peace um and now my uncle we've had season tickets to the buffalo bills since their conception in 1960
1: so oh hell yeah
0: yeah so my dad is a huge uh bills fan and uh he knows uh we got a lot of we're we're more of a soccer family in all honesty so we get a lot of the soccer pa- packages too on direct tv but yeah unless you're unless you're into that um and never mind the fact though like i'm in champagne urbana and it's a comcast city so my internet's comcast so i get peacock for free still so i can watch my uh sunday night football see if my yeah. parlay my I'll part
1: the train, by the way. I don't oh no no worries yeah
0: oh no we, we got a lot of uh, uh, a lot of sounds on your end no worries yeah. <laughs> it's very it's it's really hard to find the right mic <laughs> I'll just yeah, that I've been way going through.
1: Well, I'm, I'm out here in the garage because I actually got decent signal on here for a change it seems to be working alright but the only downside is, is my house is right next to the railroad tracks Oh yeah. So even if I was inside, like no matter what I was using, like I'm probably gonna pick up train noises. Oh,
0: and that's that's no worries. I'm kind of used to that. My uh yeah. No, uh, ex- I've been I, going
1: through my uh my uh, Van Dam podcast, thinking about putting those out, and like, man, there's there's so many train noises and shit. Like, well, <laughs> I well, mean, about put these out.
0: Yeah, it's it it's you know if you really wanna do things right. It's kind of, uh, you really got to go get yourself a zoom podcast system. I mean, that's going to be, I mean, I got mine cheap because of a best buy discount, but, uh, uh, and same thing with my, uh, XLR microphones. I mean, you really gotta go full blown. Like I'm making a radio studio in my house thing. To avoid all that. Oh
1: no! I feel like that's just gonna pick up the train noises more. I think I need to find a place where I can record where I'm not gonna pick up trains. I wish I could just nail down the schedule.
0: Yeah. Oh, that would be ideal. Oh yeah, no, that's the uh, that's the real trick. But I know you got a second shift lifestyle right uh, right now, so, and that's uh, (laughs) you know second shift wasn't bad for me but when i was doing all of that i was living in peoria so i mean i could uh celebrate you Not know I. it's just basically all right well the bars are still i get up done at midnight all right the bars are still open till four so <laughs> i can uh Ride on. yeah um so but as i said as said uh the movie is uh stage fright which i came across uh because of a podcast called screen drafts a podcast dedicated to setting up having two people draft the definitive list of a topic a genre what have you um and the first episode i listened to was about uh giallo which is the italian uh well, Giallo started as a, as a cheap dime store novels about murder and trying to find figure that out. I don't know how graphic those little novels are, but uh, if it's anything like um, American Psycho... Well, I don't
1: know. That's not super hard to believe.
0: Right. Well, I'm just saying if it's anything like American Psycho, the book versus American Psycho, the feature... <laughs> Uh, I would imagine we probably got toned down stuff from Dario Argento or Lucio Fulci, the two big Italian directors in the genre for the most notable. I mean there's also Mario Bava, uh, who's probably the father oh. the father of it. Um, so in this podcast, they were drafting drafting movies, and I think it was number three when they came across uh, stage fright or stage fright aquarius so if you have the dvd like i do uh it's weird they do mention that oh aquarius was originally in the title i don't know if it's i think officially it is called stage fright colon aquarius but uh at least when it came out in no Italy. i uh,
1: i actually just found it on shutter
0: oh okay i keep meaning to go and get that um and i keep like oh, okay well uh Cut off this service. Let, let's get Shutter. Uh still. Uh, like maybe. it's
1: what the five?
0: Oh, I've heard. No, I've heard nothing but good things about whatever comes on Shutter. Um, I had. Uh, but you know, it's I. I'm doing fine. I, there's no reason that I don't have it. So I guess that'll be a task tonight after we record this. Uh, getting that subscription made. Um, but uh, okay, well, Stage fright is directed by uh, Michael So Ava So Ugh. Michael So Soavi uh, Michelle Mi- Michelle so-, so Avi. Oh, um, I mean, and uh, he was basically somebody who worked uh, as a crew member a lot for the two uh most notable Italian horror directors, uh, Dario Argento and uh, Lucio Fulci. I mean, they're both talented. Argento's probably the better director. He's not much of a writer. I'm going to even say that. His best film, written-wise, well, I mean, his prime movies are probably better than Once Upon a Time in the West, but he was a writer on that classic uh, Sergio Leone movie. Uh, a wet spaghetti western. okay I didn't know that yeah that's Argento yeah,
1: my dad was a big spaghetti western guy I never I watched a lot of those movies with my old man I never I never knew he wrote
0: that kind of stuff well he was a his story is he was a film critic and he kind of just got fed up with uh bad movies so he decided oh I could do it better and um Argento is I mean visually uh probably the best director in all of horror I would say I mean but uh, his scripts are definitely lacking and this guy famously uh, said that he hopes for um, basically computer generation stuff to get generated acting and such to get to a point where he doesn't even have to really deal with actors at all I think the only one that he's ever really shown any affection to is his daughter, Azia Argento, who Americans probably know best as the chick, chick from Triple X. Um, with Vin Diesel.
1: Oh, all right. I've spent too much time for that Triple X movie, though. I think that happens in it.
0: Well the, I mean the first i I don't know I like the first Triple X. I really got to give the second Triple X another rewatch with Ice Cube, and you know for what it's worth, if you like those both those movies, Triple X, the return of Xander Cage is worthwhile um, and I don't know, I got to think for androgynous actresses. I'll give anything of Ruby Rose a chance so that's fair uh well then then you watch the doorman. Uh, that that was a recent release where she's uh basically it's Die Hard with Ruby Rose versus Jean Reno, uh, best known as probably, I mean he's been in a lot of stuff, but probably best known as Leon the Professional. So
1: okay, yeah, it, oh, it, yeah, it did, exactly about.
0: yeah, it did not work. Uh, I'll just put it that way.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> so. But going on to uh, Michael, so, so I, I thought it was going to be really easy to prevent, present, uh, <laughs> to pronounce. So Avi, so Avi. Um, so he's, uh, this is kind uh, stage Sagefright's his first movie. I haven't really uh, looked for any of his other features as a director. Uh, but I came across this because, again, it was uh, number three, I believe, on the Giallo screen drafts. And the argument, it, what what it came down to, is one guy. So on screen drafts, each per, each guest has a guest commissioner has a well guest drafter, I should say, has a one veto. So if you don't like a movie or don't like where it's placed, you can just say veto and doesn't necessarily eliminate the movie but it can't be played at the spot uh it's so it's a top seven list and i believe the guy the one co-host used his veto on an early fit flick it was a fulci giallo flick um which real trippy one i can't remember i think it's the lady in snake skin um and then at the third pick wanted to get the her his essential opponent chose stage fright and he wanted to bring that to a commissioner review claiming that Um, stage fright is not a giallo movie (laughs) because it's not a murder mystery because oh yeah we know who the killer is (laughs) um it's a slasher movie now the the thing about Which makes Stage Fright I think so good is that it still has all the clever direction you would see in say uh Argento's Tenabra, uh Tenabre, or um The Hatchet Murders is or better known as Deep Red. Uh has all the directorial decisions of those two classics, which were number one and number two on the uh, draft. But it's it's definitely a slasher movie. I mean you get a pickaxe murder right off the bat. <laughs> and uh a lot of stuff that you you're surprised they even went there. And I know it's not uh when you wanted to do repo the genetic opera. I know uh this isn't a musical, but it the point of the, the point of the movie is it's based around a theater group who's going to perform a musical about a rapist murderer in an owl outfit and as one of the uh, dancers performers goes and gets her ankle looked at in a real like oh jeez we got to get this done fast so you don't get in trouble they go to a mental institution and a doctor kindly looks at our protagonist's ankle uh drugs are up is it what have you but in this mental op- mental hospital is a former actor turned serial killer who escapes tags along with them and has basically trapped them in their sound stage that they're rehears- rehearsing in and the director trying to this is all after the first murder the director decides, oh, we can go and uh, profit off of this, tells journalists that, oh, this musical is about the murderer, Irvin Wallace, and we're going to go and put it up. you know, it's going to be a, fan- I mean, there's no songs or, I mean, no singing as far as you can tell, just a bunch of dancing, Uh <laughs> Either way, it's basically now we're going to make the mu- the musical about the serial killer, the real serial killer, who they decide, the director decides to, for all these changes that need to be made, we're going to do an overnight and nobody can leave. And one of the actresses hides the key to the building, so they've essentially locked themselves up with a serial killer, which... When it comes to slasher movies, is a more reasonable premise than a lot of them. When you stop and think about it,
1: oh, Yeah, I mean, you're done. I just watched this movie this morning, and yeah. you're you're kind of like that wasn't the play at the beginning. No, like yeah, the not. one of the, the main actresses that like she hurts her ankle, and they go to hey, I know this guy, and they go to a mental institution, and they end up seeing the. I guess this dude just like sneaks into their trunk or something, I think and just goes it. in with them.
0: I think it was the back seat. I just uh, as I say, I got the uh, movie running in the background on the my four K TV. And we just have the uh, pickaxe killing, <laughs> uh, yeah, so the murderer hides out with them as they come back to the sound stage, murders the wardrobe assistant, and can they you decide. hear me yeah, I can hear you. Can anybody hear me over there? Oh,
1: there?
0: I am here oh. Okay. All right. Are we back? I suppose so. Okay. Well. Yeah. All right. So I was using these
1: Bluetooth headphones. Oh, okay. Was, one died, and the other one is fine. I guess. Oh yeah, no, it's I thought it's. I just completely got kicked out.
0: No, no, you've been on. I've seen the mute go on. You're you're fine. You are absolutely fine. I That's why I stay wired, man. <laughs> oh,
1: Goddamn technology. Hey,
0: I I grew up on Nintendo. You had 6 feet of wire at best to play with. <laughs> so,
1: Fair enough, dude. I'm sorry, dude.
0: Oh, no problem. No problem. Nothing I can't go and do the editing on. I mean, there's a reason I have I considered getting another degree. Well, I couldn't get an associate's degree because I just how like, there's only three associate degrees you can get. I already had two of them. Um, oh, so. la-di-da.
1: <laughs> Look at me. I got two associate's degrees.
0: Well, that basically says I've taken nothing but less. I think I may have only taken three 200 level courses in my my college career. <laughs> so... I don't think I can go and say with my 115 credit hours when I think you need 132 to get a bachelor's that the, yeah I qualify for a fa- uh my one of my favorite things about my dad was he was growing up obviously during the Vietnam war so he was going to Michigan State University and he was a decent enough student but he never really figured out his major. So after having so many credit hours, Michigan State University goes and gives him a multidiscipline bachelor's degree, basically so that that he could go and be put into the draft. Oh, shit. So my dad made the wise decision of just enlisting, so he pretty much got to choose his own path. Um, and he didn't have to go in. Overseas, fortunately, but yeah. So it goes back to the anyway.
1: Back to stage. All right. What was I saying about stage fright?
0: All right. So you (laughs) anyway
1: that director guy. Yes. What a dick that guy was. Like that. Remember that lady was like doing that dance, and then he's just all stop, stop. You're supposed to be a whore. Yes. Yeah. Like in in her face, just. Like what a f- smeg Smack- asshole! That well, guy it, was.
0: it it took my... just from the get.
1: Like, what'd you expect? What'd you want her to just pull his dick out?
0: Like, what'd you want? Well, it's very difficult in a dancing one suit leotard and all that bollocks. But I digress. Um, well, it if you watch uh, the second time I watched the movie, and it's actually in the two B trailer for it. Uh, they go to the discussion as they're driving from the stage, the sound stage, to the mental hospital to get her ankle looked at and inadvertently pick up a serial killer. The first victim, Betty, goes and says, you know, why is he so mean to you? And our protagonist, Alicia, says, because his therapist is in London. And goes on, well, he just wants to go and uh, get in your pants, you know, and uh, basically said, so, you know, so just don't just blow him off and such. And our protagonist says, well, unfortunately, it's too late for that, but there won't be an encore performance. So we established the frustration. If there was any frustration that further needed to be established, it's actually done quickly in that dialogue and if anything that's a fault of the film that it expects the viewer to actually listen and pay attention instead of just focus on the violence and the soundtrack which is actually really good i think especially for 80s this is a i mean when you watch the first scene as they're rehearsing the dance where it's going to be the whore basically they're already saying that she's murdered or is he trying to, he's trying to explain it to his financier. Who's obviously a mob guy that, Oh no. Could you imagine how crazy the audience will be when they see a a murder victim, rape her assailant. I don't know where that again, after a second viewing in my case, and I do, I was watching it on the special edition DVD. Like I saw, I was walking around disc replay, saw many, if, if you don't have a disc replay in your local Illinois city, major city, you'll have a mega replay, what have you, but I digress. Um, so I see it stage fright, $10 used. I buy it, watch it and pick up on a lot of, a lot of smaller details, having seen it before all I can really say is 1987 when this film was released was a good year for saxophone music and horror movies because in 1987 that was the year that Joel Schumacher gave us (laughs) the Lost Boys and we all remember the saxophone dude on that one uh if you there's a show on netflix um oh
1: yeah the, the saxophone lady and the end credits made me laugh
0: yeah well she shows up in the first scene and then they just decide <laughs> that's the steel fr- still frame we're gonna hang the credits on. <laughs> yeah um
1: yeah i know that's what made me laugh like really of all the things you're just gonna uh, clearly Lost Boys came out around that same time because even her skirt is like is coming up just a little bit like it even kind of looks like she has the same pose as the Lost Boys. Boys.
0: Yeah, um, there's a lot of funny things. Just a, I that guy is so iconic. There was a show, I think it's called The Break uh, with Michelle Wolf that was on Netflix. It was a weekly talk show, so obviously it didn't make it. To a second season michelle wolf is uh probably best known for her writing on seth myers um she did the first white house press um core i guess the only white house press Corps dinner for the uh trump administration which donald trump refused to go to um but she uh, on that show one bit she was reading news and saying it all sounds better when you have a sax- sexy saxophone And they actually got the guy from the Lost Boys to do that bit. And then it's it's funny like there's a lot for me uh, after watching stage fright last night, I then like, well, I watched uh, an, the Nightmare before Christmas earlier for another podcast recording and then I saw on Disney Plus they had Star Wars Tales of Terror, so I watched that last night. And there's an entire story about Kylo Ren joining the Knights of Wren that really is a parody of the Lost Boys. Uh, I know Christian Slater is well, no, I, am... I know Christian Slater is no Keith or Sutherland, but Christian Slater as. The uh, leader of the Knights of Wren. <laughs> Chef's kiss to that, man. <laughs> so. So we, we pretty much established we've inadvertently locked a serial killer into the soundstage with our cast. And there's no key to get out. And.
1: Yeah, which I find a hard time believing. When I get those cops, like I just well, I you know, would, I, I, I kick out of the, the cops yes, on they the have outside. they I'm have. Useless, co- they were
0: yeah, they have cops on the other other side um, of the door who are sitting trying to just make sure the serial killer doesn't come back, not knowing that he's already inside. I mean, I don't know why we had to cut back to the cops. We know they couldn't hear them. Uh, We didn't know. We didn't need. I have
1: a really hard time believing that they couldn't get out. Like, there was just that big ass building.
0: Well, they're supposed to only be. It kind
1: of becomes clear towards the end of the build of the movie that the building is pretty. Gotta be another way out than just the one door.
0: Well, there's there's two doors. The serial killer has the key to the side store, the main, the door, the maintenance entrance. Uh he got that when he killed the first victim. So obviously they're not going through that door. And the uh primary door. As I say, with a sound stage, you would hope it'd be soundproof, I suppose, which is far from reality i'm just saying i live in champagne urbana we hear the bloody band whenever they're playing <laughs> so so yeah that's uh oh, yeah i i all i can say is 100%. that percent yeah all i can say is I don't
1: care how much rain is going on you're hearing some shit
0: oh yeah but all i can say is that once we establish the cops cannot hear them there's no reason to keep cutting back to them just for bits about, Oh, you know, one guy's eating a bagel more than likely a donut. I'm trying to be generous while the other guy's wife packed him spinach or the guy's reading a dime store novel about James Dean and has to ask the guy. I mean, you
1: think I look like like James James Dean?
0: Dean? Yeah. If I look like Marlon Brando. Uh, hey i don't know maybe a little bit What you know brand after 1965 brando could be any fat guy but i digress um yeah needless stuff i, I don't know if it's
1: showed me as cops were
0: always i'm sorry what was
1: that superman
0: All right, this is when we totally lose the audio from Gregory Carl's side of the conversation. What happened was I failed to record the second meeting we had after we gotten everything straightened out. Thus, you're going to hear me react to uh, Gregory, and hopefully I am still able to tell a narrative and... Hopefully you can still get something worthwhile out of the rest of the podcast. Otherwise, you know, thanks for sticking with it so long. I hope we've inspired you to give Stage fright Aquarius a chance. Thanks for coming back to the podcast and thanks Station Marie Harden for being an inspiration to me and everyone that still remembers you. And now back to the show.
1: Superman
0: yeah, director's a dick. I don't know. It's really... Uh, I He still has the issue that he needs to be in charge. So as, the, as we're chatting, I got the movie going on in the uh, corner of my eye, and this is where he's... We're at the point where after the first... Uh, they find out that the killer is there after he goes and uh, kills a performer during the rehearsal (laughs) yeah no no the pickaxe was first then they lock up and basically say look we're going to rewrite it we're going to do this so the director goes and has them start rehearsing the feature and uh feed the play and our protagonist Alicia has already figured out that okay no that's not that's not Brett that's not the effeminate guy in the owl outfit Um, and he kills somebody during rehearsal, like, and it's, it's, it's fun. It's a fun scene because, okay, he's choking, choking the victim out like he's supposed to. And then you see him draw the knife. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Who said anything about a knife? And then the director finally, um, comes into, you know, takes, realizes the situation. Uh, of course the person who's killed was the one who hid the key and, she was the cutest. I'm, I don't know if I'd say hottest, but well, you know, I, I, well, there was no baggage to her. She was underdeveloped. So it was like, oh, this could be, oh, she was wearing glasses and reading earlier. Like, oh, well, yes. Oh, well, that's quite the double feature slot, uh, chopping mall. Um, very Roger Corman. That's I mean, it's not it's not the best low budget, but it's definitely worth a watch for anybody. I will say that much. And I guess there's this running Corman, Roger Corman lore where uh, this film is included in this continuity line when you have the uh, chopping ball, that is. When you have them right at the beginning of the movie they basically figure a way to incorporate it into the lore of Roger Corman's horror movies by having that bald guy with the red beard and another person, like they're in frequent movies, just show up as a cameo. So but um actually Chopping Mall, the most hilarious thing about that is it's in it was shot in the same mall and I'm gonna be I mean, a lot of movies get shot in that galleria. But it's the same movie they shot, same same mall that they shot Terminator 2 in and Commando. And as I say, that's only two other movies I'm mentioning. I know it's been in at least probably 10 other movies. So um, that was almost worth the price of, you know, worth my hour and a half. (laughs) Just like, oh, right, cool. That is a mall I'll need to visit if I ever get out to L.A. <laughs> really, like, you you can catch it, especially the elevator when they start using elevators in Chopping Mall. Like, oh, no, that's the one that uh, John Matrix swung from a balloon to land on top of. <laughs> it almost makes you wonder if that's an actual mall or if they're... <laughs> Like the Hollywood, you know, Hollywood built it and that's it. Um, So after our uh, cute, the cute book, bookworm girl gets murdered, uh, the then the uh, financier Ferrari gets gets killed. I just now noticed that he tried bribing the serial killer (laughs) to no avail uh then they get into the uh get trapped in the dressing room and then we probably get i don't know if it's the best kill in the feature we get the drill through the door yeah i mean it just shows you that this this movie's going to be crazy like why the hell do you have a drill with a uh four foot tip for a theater (laughs) they do focus on oh we have a drill it's like, yeah, no, that's your standard shop class bullshit. <laughs> uh, no, I, I mean... This guy is like a video game... The, the serial killer in the owl outfit, Irving Wallace is the character's name, um, is like your typical video game uh, first-person shooter uh, video game persona. Because... Yeah, in the catwalks, they find out that oh well, Brettstead, <laughs> the guy who was playing the actor, and Alicia gets kicked off a ladder and goes unconscious. While eventually, all four of her friends, four of her friends, get killed. But I mean, it's it's a hell of a stretch. This is pretty much. I mean, you get the girl getting pulled through the rotted. The, the pregnant woman getting pulled through the rotted floor and they pull her up and only get half of her. Granted, you know, which is not really that gruesome when you take into, I mean the, the technically the law in Texas right now is far more gruesome than <laughs> that scene, but I digress. Um, and then the boyfriend goes dives into the hole to chase him and he's immediately got a chainsaw like how did this guy carry all those weapons along with him that's 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 the more curious thing and i guess this is why it's not gonna be regarded as high horror granted there's hardly any high horror out there (laughs) Uh, we have a good, we have, it leads to a good scene, the director's death, where he's, it's Axe versus Chainsaw. And I don't know, I guess that shows how much of a pussy the director is if Axe loses the Chainsaw. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying mobility wise, the Axe is the better weapon. Well, the serial killer has the Chainsaw. Uh, He effectively cuts the pregnant girl in half who's only recently discovered she's pregnant, so not that pregnant. Um, Then he he kills the boyfriend with the chainsaw. Uh, We don't see his death. And then as they make a run for it for the door, the director has an axe because he just used that to figure out that oh, Brett is dead and um yeah so it's basically comes down to the director has an axe he's got a the killer's got a chainsaw and that's supposed to be a showdown and it's not (laughs) it's kind of like I guess it kind of plays the director as a decent human being for not oh no, we do get to see some chainsaw carving of the uh, boyfriend now that I'm watching it again, <laughs> um, in the in the pit, uh, <laughs> but yeah. So, and from there we get to our um, our show uh, work towards our showdown between the uh, killer and our protagonist, who's, you know. Really, really tough girl, just that she's had definitely has a concussion and a bum ankle <laughs> um, but this is where I think the real Italian horror comes in as you see the serial killer basically staging his uh his um his quarry, I guess his uh all the uh, bodies that he's killed. And um Yep, and he's just petting the cat, Lucifer. <laughs> That's just been wandering around the set. And uh you get your final showdown. Um which after re watching this, it's kinda like, Oh, I get it, why our killer's not dead. He fell through a table. As a former professional wrestler, tables. Make sure everything's safe. So our hero is our heroine escapes and realizes she left her. She lost her watch in the affair and talks to the maintenance guy to let her back into the soundstage to pick that up. And, and as it turns out, he's the guy who like, oh, the killer is not dead because the newspaper article only says they found eight bodies instead of nine. And uh, as he's about to get his revenge for that fall, he gets shot between the eyes by the maintenance guy, and he's just yeah, just more yeah, more 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 fact the the more he's celebrating the fact the maintenance guy is more or less celebrating the fact that he put it right between the eyes on the character, and uh, and it's basically a makeup just so like he's shot between the eyes just for the makeup effect and the fact that a sequel is implied from this feature. Uh, we, we, we cut away, we cut away as they are going to cut the credit. You see the guy's eyes open and just smiles at the camera. Like what a bullet to the, a bullet to the dome is going to end me. So, eh, like, which honestly is the most honest serial killer in a movie ever? I suppose. It's almost sad that we didn't get a sequel. So, um, it wouldn't surprise me if his bad seed. Um, I actually watched a movie recently, um, uh, called "Don't Go Into the House," which was mistakenly. Uh, put on the video nasties list of Great Britain. Um, Essentially a banned movie. I don't think it actually was banned. It was just supposed to have been. Um, At the end of the movie, so Don't Go Into the House is about a, a guy who's obsessed with fire basically because his bitter mother over his dad leaving them decides that, well, if my if your sinful father left me, then that must mean he left me with a sinful boy and I'm gonna burn that away from you. And the mothers burned all the burned his arms. Um and then the moment he the one day he comes back to work, after seeing the guy nearly uh, get burned to death, he works at an incinerator. Uh, comes home and finds his mother dead. Just old age, what have you. And it's, and the moment he calls the police, he's going to call the police, he hears voices in his head saying, you're free now. She's the evil one. You must purify her. And then he goes on a killing spree of burning women to death. But um, at the end of the movie, there's a little kid just playing with his toys. The TV's on. He hears, um, you hear, the news coverage about our, about the movie basically, and uh, burning his house burning down, and the mother's just screaming, "Why haven't you cleaned up your room? Haven't you even put your toys away?" Blah, blah blah, and the mother comes in and starts slapping the shit out of the kid. Like, you listen to me when I don't. And then they cut away. The mom's out of the room. And then they go and uh, you see the kid just staring blankly. And then you hear the same voices the serial killer did. Basically implying that it ain't that difficult to make a proud boy. So to all those mothers out there who are listening to the podcast, don't you dare freaking slap your children. I think I've heard of it. Um, uh, there's a... I'll have to review... rewatch, I should say, the... Uh, the uh, three or four episode docu-series that IFC, back when it was truly independent, the independent film channel, did called Indie Sex. As I say, I think it's a three, maybe four-part documentary series where they basically discuss sex in movies from pre Haze code all the way up to today and it would not surprise me if that movie was part of the documentary uh, oh jeez no no i don't i don't i don't remember any tasing of old men and there's a lot of screwed up shit you can see in the indie sex documentary I don't know where you can pick it up i picked it up at at a borders bookstore in peoria and granted we all know there's no such thing as borders books anymore so uh yeah i mean physical media man it's just not not a i don't know it's like really this weekend i want i want to see venom to uh venom let there be carnage And granted, it's from Sony, the only company that really hasn't perfected digital media yet. But it's a good weekend. I mean, you also have uh, I know there's something there's there was also I know there's got to be another movie that came out today aside from uh, I mean, from Friday besides um, Venom. I know there's there was also the Many Saints of Newark. Newark I think the Sopranos prequel. Yo, Matt. You're right, that's on HBO Max. So obviously I'm not going to go to the movie theater for that. <laughs> um, I'm sure there's another movie that came out. Well, I mean, when the visual effects were not much in the first feature, you got to make up for it somewhere. A lot of, I mean, granted, a lot of it's probably that we haven't been to the theaters in a long time. Like, yeah. So I've only, I've only been to the theater twice, and that once was for *Spiral*, and the other time was uh, for a mystery sign. No, I'm sorry, a Rift Tracks viewing of oh, uh, hobgoblins. A feature that was on mst3k back in the day um so it was basically yeah i'm paying to watch three guys make fun of a bad 80s movie bad gremlins ripoff (laughs) um so yeah so i can't really i don't i have not really gotten to see the theater experience yet i mean when i went and saw Rift tracks uh, Hobgoblins, okay, there was enough, alright, there's enough idiots in the theater for me, because those are what they they do under Fathom Events, you know, like, you see, the problem with that show is that, mo- that match followed uh, the Lucha Brothers versus the Young Bucks match. So, I think the crowd, so, I think Punk knew the crowd just wants to make sure he can do everything that he used to do. So yeah, you could say it was wrestled heavy. They were very clear that it was, uh, they took a lot of inspiration from the classic Bret Hart versus one, two, three kid match. Uh, so, and I think everything made sense in that match. I'm not the biggest punk fan, but that's just because I know a lot about his personality. Um, otherwise i can't really complain about the guy it's almost like one of those things where you know you wish okay i know you're so good that you can be a dick but and we'll we'll look out we'll look past things uh for i mean that's why i keep trying to promote myself as cool movies darth on the podcast cm darth on letterbox if you need to search my uh movies (laughs) um so yeah, it's um I think the match is really solid. The ending was great. I mean, they made sure to it's it's really you can't judge Punk until he actually is in a position to lose. Uh, when that occurs, if he can successfully make the other guy look like a million dollars in victory, then uh, then we'll know how great or pointless cm punk is in uh aw or just as a 42 year old wrestler 43 year old wrestler so you know and i don't know i'm not the greatest source on punk my only experience was explaining because i was at the uh, i wrestled on the a AE, show in chicago and granted it was a dark match and that dark match shat the bed thank god for cm punk showing up on that show I mean, the rest of the show was great, but it's like, okay, people will remember this date for something and not say how I screwed up uh, in a dark match. Um, my only experience with Punk, though, is we're sitting on a monitor watching the show, and uh, he's asking me, who's this? What's this? And it's like, that's cool. That's cool. And then I kind of lost Punk when I said... Uh, "And." I worked uh I was working second shifts primarily throughout the uh uh punk punks prime. So at one point I see a shoulder breaker done and I say vintage Scott Norton and it's like Oh shit, Michael Cole says says vintage all the time. I'm sitting less than three feet from CM Punk and I've mentioned vintage. <laughs> and um then uh fortunately an old friend of mine from the wrestling scene, brick Kikia, says, That's not vintage Scott Norton, that's vintage Papa Shango. and Punk said, That's right to that kid. Um That was an interesting night. I was uh I think I may I may have un- unconsciously or subconsciously cock blocked Billy Corgan from Scarlet Bodo Um <laughs> Scarlet's on eight. Scarlett was with NXT. I don't know. She's Killer Cross's fiance, but <laughs> Yeah. Like if you watch NXT any, um Killer uh Karrion Cross, not Killer Cross, I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yep. Well, it's it's the classic Vince McMahon doesn't believe in valets or managers. So, yeah. Well, it's it's a good thing that NXT is now NXT 2.0. So, <laughs> I don't know. I think there's going to be... Hey, I, I heard nothing... I haven't watched NXT 2.0, but I hear nothing but great things about uh, the guy who was originally named Rex Steiner. Which is... a which is a stupid name because his last name is Rex Steiner. You know, I, su- I suggested this is like uh stage fright because of the musical element and that we're doing. You wanted to do repo and uh, I find th- it a fascinating feature. I don't believe it is a giallo, but like s- screen drafts surrendered to um, that. It's just a straight up slasher movie, but, it it's it's a film that has a is positioned in a place where it just offers so much more style than uh as I'm putting it, putting it on Tubi just to find stuff. I see other movies To Be has right now, like The Prowler, which is not a good movie, but it's got some great Tom Savini effects in it. And then there's the original toolbox murders and, um, pieces, which is a, just a, I, if you love gory horror, I suggest watching pieces. It's not necessarily a great, yeah. All right. I still laugh more at the fact that they say in the, and when they set that scene up, Oh, Boston, nineteen nineteen forty eight. 1948. No, it's not 1948 because the New England, because the Boston Patriots were not a team until 1960. So I, I was well, no, I was looking at this at the scene around it. Like, I mean, they offered a lot of movies, like the Hatchet Murderers, as they say, that's better known as Deep Red by Argento. Um, I do. It's weird. I have uh, Deep Red on iTunes, and it's like. The extended version, the complete version, and you have bits where. Um. Because the thing with Italian horror and even some jap I found out recently, uh, Japanese kaiju movies is they typically just tell people to. to no matter what language is your native language, just to act in your language and they'll dub over it. Um. So I'm watching Deep Red on iTunes, the complete version. And there's scenes that weren't in any version I've seen of Deep Red. Um, But they have. But basically, like, oh, we're going to throw this in here. And we've dubbed over our English lead with Italian. So a lot of weird horror experiences and such. But I guess in the end, I mean, and if you watch chopping wall in the same day where would you really play stage fright okay that's 19 all right 1986 uh where the chopping was chopping wall um well i i mean well, I don't know how, I don't know how much better than Daleks they were, but. Okay. All right. I mean, what really gives uh, Chopping Wall a lot of credit is Queen, uh, Scream Queen, uh, Barbara Crampton being in it. She's not the lead actress. But, okay. Yeah, I would say, you do recognize Barbara. Okay, well, we're going, we're going, okay, all right yeah well i mean she's she's definitely i don't know the worst i've seen her get is uh honestly i can't really say i've seen a bad death i mean that's the worst stuff i've seen for her. i mean i've seen re obviously Stuart gordon is a patrons patron saint of this podcast and i think what her larynx was broken and reanimator um so i guess being yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, she got treated a lot worse than Reanimator. No question about that. <laughs> but um she's uh shown up in a lot more Stuart Gordon stuff. Um uh, uh, I've seen her in uh well she's in From Beyond and basically that's a From Beyond, uh directed by Stuart Gordon and it pretty much has the same crew uh same crew as um reanimator it's it's a take on lovecraft as well oh yeah no nobody's ever actually i think done i mean i think we've seen a lot of accurate adaptation of lovecraft just lovecraft never really had a long form never had a novel basically oh well that's the beauty of lovecraft country basically letting a um yeah, I think, it's, I think that's really the way... Yeah, oh no, I've only seen the first three episodes. It's like, the first two episodes are great. This, the third episode, oh, well, that's a cool ghost story, but, you know, is that going to be the rest of the series? Oh, okay, there's the uh, chick from the first two episodes. All right, so yeah, we're going to have a running thread. It's really... Uh, so, but the fact of the matter is that we're letting... Are a way of correcting things. A course correcting is basically like, well, how do we make it for not white guilt, but for the black person? And you know, I'm I'm gonna say it's just great to see that you know we're we're basically reasserting reasserting ownership, and uh, hope we keep that up. Okay, no, 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 yeah, I can, no, I hear you. Oh, no, it's like, I, I know it's going to get way better. It's just like, okay, I got to go in. You know, it's one of those things where you got to prep yourself. Like, okay, I got to definitely go and find time to binge the rest out of this. And it's like, all right, then reality kicks in. And how are you going to find time to binge the rest of this shit? In, in the end, uh, that's why it's 90 for chill. Because come on, who has two hours all the time to devote to movies? And never mind, of course the we know what chill means. How long can you expect, <laughs> you know, somebody to wait for the chilling? <laughs> so But uh, with that all said, uh, thank you very much for uh, coming on again and discussing a classic uh, Italian horror movie. Uh, I really, I really, I mean, this is, I think, I think stage fright's a great introduction to Italian horror. It's not over the top, too over the top, like Lucia Fulci's Zombie 2. let uh, that's the, that's the classic, uh, zombie versus shark scene. Um, <laughs> uh, well, He's has got a love for eye trauma too, which you get in Zombie too, um, and it's not you know not as serious as Argento, which is a. Uh, if you really want to find your find that happy medium, I probably suggest Cemetery Man. Um, when it comes to Italian horror, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I think it's but it, for the time, it was definitely the perfect entrance point facebook it's gregory carl if he likes you he'll friend you i guess <laughs> uh as for 90 for chill the podcast uh the website's 90 forchillcom if you want to see all my writings uh and possibly support my uh low budget zombie comedy i'm still trying to get off the ground about professional wrestling main event of the dead go and visit main event of the dead.com if you want to help the pot the uh movie, Send me an email, rustthebus07 at gmail.com. That's r-u-s-s-t-h-e-b-u-s-07 at gmail.com. Just, uh, I'll be happy to send you a script treatment. Or if you want to just tell me how to get the movie going to it, at least a Kickstarter stage, greatly appreciated. But more importantly, if you want to be on 90 for Chill the Podcast, just provide me. I mean, let's let's think past October, obviously. But so it doesn't have to be horror. Just give me a movie, a theme, a director, an actor. As long as we focus on fe- features between 74 and 99 minutes, we have Podcast Gold, like th- which was just delivered by Gregory Call. So just send me an email, rustabus07 at gmail.com, or follow me on Twitter at catbusruss. That's at C A T B U S R U S S. And I'll be happy to work around with you. Thank you very much, Gregory, for coming back on the podcast for your third time. And uh, if you got any ideas, let me know. I'll be happy to chat. Fantasy right here. A professional NFL player is called upon to save the world. Yeah. Tom Brady could do that. Tom Brady could do that. Right. No, I, I – hey. Hey, I'm still I'm still doing my damnedest to get my, my – uh, sister to let her kids watch flash gordon so i will have to figure out an equation to get to that i will work on that for you gregory it doesn't fit but i i i can find workarounds don't worry so oh yeah no i was uh singing i mean i was only a year old when that movie came out by the time i was two years old i was singing the chorus so all right well thank you gregory yes it was the new york jets no it was uh it was the new york jets it was uh brought up in uh if you remember ted uh ted can
1: i hear a wahoo